All things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Three blows catching up over a can of three. So many things that we cannot wait to see. As McDowell White got the keys, Will Soiree is be running threes. After Brisbane said no, Franks and the 36ers said yes, please. They chose a second serve of Randall as United went a sweep. We think Walton's hard to handle. If Doyle rules, they're hard to beat. We love some Tucker. Wardenberger's got the lot. There's no cheese, but there's big sauce, and now Bangers gets the shot. Can a mango pick and roll fill the gorge-sized hole? Or do they need a lift greeter to restore their heart and soul? The Kings can focus on the books, so long as their man Xavier Cooks. Will there be Magnet regret? Does R. Kelly fly with Majet? Will Thomas be a tank with Manic and LT? And I do beg your pardon, but we rather like Bradley. Cleveland, this is for you! We want more of the same from 22. G'day listeners, you're back with Banksy and Boydie, the basketball blokes doing all things Aussie Hoops and NBL Fantasy, and Benny has left the building, Banksy. He this has, it's becoming a, a regular occurrence, isn't it? He's, uh, it is becoming a regular occurrence, he seems to be going on these little holidays away. Seems he's going to be frequently. MIA like his, uh, like his fantasy team having a look <laughs> this week, and you know what Ooh. they say, Boydie? Nasty. When the going gets tough. Get going to the sunny the coast. To go to the sunny coast. That's right. I think he's living up on um, coffees and sunshine, and uh, yeah, he's just sort of just. I don't blame him. He's ha- he's having the he's having a break a week early. Really, obviously and with the World Cup qualifiers next week, we've got uh, there's a break. There's a bit of a br- time for everyone to have a bit of a breather. If your team's stinking it up like mine, um, you know, time to just. Deep breath, and then uh, as of Sunday, there, we don't have any NBL games for 11 days. So that's right, there's a break in the NBL fantasy schedule. So after Sunday, Sunday is not a game until Thursday week after that. So it's far too long for break. my trade planning. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Um, might too give many me a chance to reversal, reverse my terrible form. And while we're on that, I guess joint ordinary blokes this week. My form and Benny's form sort of met. He won't be happy with that. He won't. Uh, so you were you tied on I see six hundred and twenty three points. So it was a dead it. heat. I guess for the ordinary blokes this week. That's it. And I am gonna I'm gonna play it I'm gonna play it as if I had a better week than him, even though the scores were even because I actually benched Jarrell Brantley and uh, and, and, and he played him. He's hundred what he's hundred and two or whatever he had. And I, in in his place, believe it or not, I started Brady Manick, who had the had the grand score of uh, what was it fourteen for the week. Oh, so that was that was awesome. You um, could have just about taken out the top bloke with that decision right there. <laughs> yeah, twelve. Um, yeah, twelve for the week. So if I had to swap those over, I would have had something stupid more than that, um, which is a bit of a bummer. Speaking of top bloke, what'd you finish on Banksy? Seven hundred and seven this week, but I think that's right, isn't it? If you played Brantley over. Your mate Manic, then I think the difference was more than eighty-four um, points, was it? Um, yeah, what would I have done? I got, I got to work my maths, and my quick maths isn't working. Let's just say, let's just say, it. for the podcast sake, you would have taken it. I think you were <laughs> yeah. the top bloke. So hopefully, I would have had an extra fifty. No, nah, I wouldn't have made it. Would I only would have had an extra fifty odd points. So there you go. Not, not quite there, mate. But, but I did slip. Okay. I did slip. I'm um, out of first place, down to second by the one solitary oh, point. God. 
I was wondering why you didn't want to do video tonight, and now I know because it's you didn't want to see that head sh- sh- shrunken down just to. Um, it has. It's getting tight at the top. Not quite as, um, not quite as big as it was previously. Um, I guess we'll go with uh, we'll go with Doctor Boyd. Basically. Let's do it. Hit some buttons. Go. The injury report with Doctor Boyd. For the top, we'll talk about the returning player. Probably the big one was Shay Ellie this week. Had 32 fantasy points in just 13 minutes. Was a minute restriction. Uh, was heavily talked about during the game on Monday night. So um, it was fairly maybe signs as of well. to come. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was quite good. Foul trouble. Uh, that's it. Um, but he was kind of in and around everything, and and looks like him and XRM can sort of play on the same side, I guess, and and on the court at the same time. So obviously XRM. Uh, uh, RXM with a 81, yeah, 81 or whatever he had, but um, yeah, positive signs, certainly. Um, the big one, just like just like Benny, mm. is, is this is this the reason behind Benny's um missing this week? Do you think big uh Craig Randall out with a sternum, mm. sternum um injury? So uh, injuries to the joints around the sternum can be quite painful, limiting in basketball. So we'll keep him here in Adelaide to continue his rehab and give him the best possible chance to play against the Wildcats on Saturday night. So that's right, he won't be playing tomorrow night. Um, so maybe we'll save what that means for questions because I think there's quite a few. Or there's a, a we there's will a few, because few, uh, few random questions there is, and I'm, I'm this has really got fantasy coaches scrambling with their trades. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually glad we delayed the podcast by a night this week because we wouldn't have had this news last night, and it's nope. had a big big bearing on some of the future questions. Owned by 35% of fantasy coaches too, mm-hmm. so he's probably one of the highest owned players now, so that will all come into it. Uh, the other injury that everyone's got to keep their eye on, Rob Lowe from uh, New Zealand obviously got that nasty head knock um, in the game against the, oh, I'm going to say the Jack Jumpers off the top of my head. Um, so obviously only had the, what do you have, um, the 12 points for the round in the end. Um, and look, there's a few questions there around concussions and what it means and rah rah. Um, we have got those a bit later on. I did find the FIBA um, rules around concussions. Now there's not really any strict um, yay nay etc. But it, it does sort of say seven to ten day break is is recommended based on the severity of the concussion. So um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting run there. I would probably be erring on the side of caution with Rob Lowe and I think maybe they've only got the single game this week so you'd think he'd probably sit out and give him it gives him pretty much two weeks to recover because they don't play again in, until they have to travel to Tasmania to play the Jack Jumpers um, after the FIBA World Cup qualifiers so now Dr. Boyd I didn't see this incident at all I have not seen any footage so yep. you saw it live did you what happened was he, not, was he out I or? missed it I missed it as well it to be honest Okay. Um, so I'm not a good one to go to on that. But it, it, from what I heard, it didn't look very good. He was straight down into the rooms. Um, yeah, so um, oh, look, these are funny. Like, you know, like look at how long Shaley's been out. Um, yeah. You think it's just an innocuous sort of knock to the head. Um, but then all of, all, you know, next minute you're out for two months. Like that's pretty much, Illy hasn't played yeah. for two months. So um you find yeah. as time goes on, teams play it more and more cautious, not just in the NBL but in different sports as well. We're seeing it's it's a more and more cautious line that the clubs will take and wouldn't be surprised if Lowe misses the week just 
To err on the side of precaution, hey? Yeah, that's right. We had a couple of questions, Charlie Horse and Dave P, sort of around that, you know, is it smart to move him out? Well, if you've got the the ability to do so, then yes, I think so. Abercrombie's back um, soon as well, I believe. Um, so um, I think they're talking maybe after the FIBA break, though. So with Abercrombie last I heard, too. Um, but still, they're only on a single this week. I mean, if you've got the trade up your sleeve, then I would probably look at getting him out. Um He's gone 19, 19, 10, and 2. He actually lost yeah. cash this week. So it. It, it was someone that people were talking about as a cash cow. Um, you're not holding him as a cash cow at this point. No, definitely definitely nowhere near the 32 he had in that game against the Hawks a couple of weeks back now. Um, oh, sorry, he had a 48 against the Hawks a couple of weeks back now. So um, I think that pretty much wraps up the Dr. Boyd, mate. All right, well, let's hit the schedule. Failing to plan is planning to fail. It's time for the Schedulizer. Can you believe we're already up to round six? I feel like the season's just started and we're a third third of the way in. So it's Adelaide and United. They're the only teams with back-to-back doubles starting this week. So heavily targeted players as a result. Now, you probably, like, the, the stretch of doubles has been going on for a while for United, so you probably got all the United guys you can handle, I'd suggest, unless you may be bringing in an Aquare or if you're late to jump on the um, the RXM train. Um, and Adelaide's form, they're a tough one. Obviously, still their big guys declining in value. It's still making it a hard decision on who to bring in there. Um, Perth and Tassie, the other two with a double this week, but you're not going to be bringing them in, really. Um, they've got preceding singles that really make it difficult to trade anyone in at this point from those two clubs. Um, longer term, Adelaide and Melbourne, they're still the teams with the best schedule. They've got five doubles for both of those teams over the next six, so not just a short-term trade-in, but a very good long-term trade as well there if you bring any of those guys in. Um, if you're planning ahead, if you're already stacked with Adelaide and Melbourne guys, then it New Zealand from next week. They've got the three straight doubles. And as I'm starting to hear people talk about on the Discord chat, that includes the all-important standalone double in round eight alongside Cairns. So it's just the Breakers and the Taipans that have the double in a couple of weeks in round eight. Um, I guess outside of that, not a lot to note with the schedule commencing this week. Brisbane, Sydney, Illawarra, they all have a string of singles. So you continue to um, send these guys packing and get them out your team. Yeah, I reckon you're spot on there. It's time to start playing a little bit of that schedule a bit more. Maybe if you haven't been so far, you've got those cash rises. It's time to start playing that around a little bit. So go from there. I think that pretty much wraps that up, Banksy. It does. And we've got a stack of questions to get stuck in. So let's just hit it. Need an adjudication on who to trade in this week? How about a ruling on who to sit or start? Let's see who submitted their case for judgment in the fantasy full court. Now, I guess I better read the first one, boy. Hang on. Who's, who's put this in there? I, I didn't put it in there, but I, I better read it out, seeing it's directed at yourself from Plug In Maddie. What are Boydie's trades and captain choices this week so we can avoid? <laughs> and why has this been marked as the question yeah. of the week? What's going on here? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't put it in there. Maybe Benny... Um, jumped into the uh, the runner a little bit earlier today. I do not know. So I don't know if you want to elaborate there, Bordy, but it's a, a pretty 
tough question to get us going. And look, well, I, I can appreciate... Turned to, turned to crap, basically, that you, I've done this year, so... Yeah, and I do feel for Manic. you. I've, I've been there. I've done it in previous seasons, Sporty, mm-hmm. so I, I know it's tough going and yep. you've just got to focus on where you can get from here and, and making sure you sort of can hit that top 100 come season's end. But to follow it up, I, I did notice on the Discord chat a little earlier this evening, you, you highlighted after someone suggested Doyle for a one-week rental mm-hmm. with Randall out at the SG position. Yep. Someone had the audacity, I think it was Bradis, to reply, you mind picking someone else for the rest of us? <laughs> you could risk it and keep Randall to guarantee he misses both games. Well, the thing is... Kick a guy when he's down. That's a good talking point, though, because it actually wasn't Randall that I was dropping for Doyle. I did it straight away, and it was Brady Manick. I couldn't get him out of my side quick enough after the game opened. I don't after you. his grand score of 12 for the week on my starting roster. Of course, he had the zero in the first game of the round, which was great. And then he had a 12 in the second. And to match that with my captain choice of Luke Travers this week, who only scored a grand total of, what, 40-odd points? 52 points, uh, and benching Jarrell Martin, who scored 108. Um, it was a good week all around. So, um, yeah, definitely Brady Manick was the quickest person I could get out of my team. And I thought, you know, Doyle was a little one-week rental. I like his opponents. So I'm uh, I'm rolling with it. So um, as, I said to, as I said to Bradis, it was my first trade-in. So I think it's probably doomed. I would hazard a, as, hazard a comment to say do not bring Doyle into your side as a one-week rental because uh, that's what I'm doing and uh, it won't work. Surely, surely you're due for a change in luck this week. It can't keep going the way it's going. I don't know about that. I think it's a bad bad, bad year for me, but that's okay. Hang on a second. And I've just scrolled ahead a little bit. Second question of the week from Toph. What's Banksy doing? We have similar teams. All right. What's going on? (laughs) To answer this question, Toph, I've got a two-step plan I've implemented. And I'm sorry, Bordy, but firstly, it's finding out what Bordy's doing this week. <laughs> and secondly, it's doing the complete opposite <laughs> oh, based yeah. on the Probably. historical data at hand this season mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. But i got to agree, Bordy, you've, you've, done, you've done it tough and we can only learn from your mistakes. So, All right, let's punching. get on to some real questions now we have all the champagne comedies out of there. Uh, strategy questions. Now, these ones are our favourites. We do. We love them. Uh, we love a bit of strategy. We love talking this sort of stuff. So, Fletch, hit us up with, I'm, if I'm already fielding a full group of starters this week on doubles this week, does it make sense to bring Barry Brown Jr. in on the bench before future price rises and considering upcoming schedule? So now, we're just talking about if you've got the doubles, what, do you, what strategy are you talking here? Do you bring in some players you think you're going to get some price rises and look for the future? Now, we've got to note some of these questions would have come in prior to the Randall news. So trade plans may have changed since then once you throw that spanner into the works. But yes, um, similar to myself, I'm pretty decked out with doubles across the board as my starters this week. I think it absolutely makes sense to plan ahead if you stack with doubles. And it is what I'm planning to do this week. Um, particularly as we get closer. I'm just really mindful this week of the round eight schedule um, around the corner, obviously with Cairns and New Zealand being the lone teams on a double. As it stands with my team, I think I've only got one of those guys at the moment being um, McDowell White. So it's something I'm mindful of and I'm going to take the opportunity to, you know, maybe bring a Brantley in or just get that secondary player that's going to be on the double in round eight, knowing I don't have to focus too much on my on-court guys this week. 
Like it. Um, yeah, I'm probably kind of doing the same. I've pretty much got doubles everywhere, um, even though I don't want Brady Manic on my side, so he's gone. Um, so it's just a matter of moving the moving the um, stickers around a little bit and getting the right mix and match and making sure I'm covered for next week. I've got three of the NZ guys already, so they'll just move off to the Ooh. bench for the week. You might make your move um, in round eight. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um and then um, they'll come back in, obviously, next week, probably on the doubles. Now, next one um, was from Bob Spence, um, mm-hmm. sort of along the same thinking. Would you be prioritising getting out the dead weight on the bench? So there's a lot of coaches in the, the same spot as Bob here as well. Or ensuring all starters are playing doubles, e.g. starting pardon, but getting Madut to someone around the 100k 30-plus points mark. I'm kind of in this same bracket as well. I still have Madut. Obviously, didn't even play the last game. Can't get a look in with all the guys back at Phoenix. So I think, um, you know, there's a lot of highly owned players on the double this week. You've got your Perth players, United players, your Adelaide players. It it just feels like it is a good week to actually make these moves. Um, I think it's going to be harder to do as we get closer to round eight you can't wait till you've got the two raids two trades prior to round eight and then all of a sudden you're still carrying that dead weight like i've done in past seasons and you've only got one or two new zealand players you've got no cans guys because of the schedule and then you're like oh i'll hang on another week or two and focus on my all court on court guys i think this is the week to do it if you're going to do it and that's the reason i'm looking at it i can't do it in the you know another week or two when i need these round eight guys in so i'm going to cut my losses while i can have you got any of these yeah, I guys? That. I know there's a, a few um, discussions out there on the Discord chat at the moment, particularly about people carrying Dent or Madut or if not both, and which one yep. to get to get rid of first. So have you got either of these guys at the moment? No, I haven't, and I, and I haven't for a long time. So um, <laughs> believe it or not, my team's looking – I think the team actually looks pretty good, but for some reason I'm just not getting any luck. For example, my cheapie, the only cheap – the only play, player less than about, well, Humphreys is my second cheapest player. So Wardenberg's my cheapest player at the present, and Humphreys is my second cheapest player. So I can pretty much, I'm almost at the position where I can start all of my players, like my whole 11. Wardenberg's probably the biggest question mark that I'll, pro, you know, if I'd start him on a double. Um, but apart from that, I'm pretty much got, all of my 11 positions, I would probably feel comfortable starting. For example, at the moment, my bench is Will, William McDowell-White, Trey Cowell from Phoenix, who put up, what do you put up, like, uh, what do you have? Uh, 78 last round. So you'd take him, you'd probably start him. Jarrell Brantley is my small forward benchy. You'd probably start him now based off that 108 last round. Um, Wardenberg, as I mentioned, and Humphreys was my bench centre, but now I've got Pardon sitting there because he's only got the single this round. So, literally, I can my whole team now. I, I'm kind of has it. Don't want to say it, but I kind of don't really need to do two trades each week unless I'm playing the schedule. Literally that week. Um, See, it's coming together. Your luck is turning. You had Brantley. Yeah, but it's not really working. It's not really working. Well, anyway. I think um, we'll see. I think we'll be seeing we'll a, see. a different tune in a month's time, I think, with your ranking. Where are you sitting overall at the moment? Roughly uh, 400s, 500s, four, around there? Four millions and 26 right. or something. <laughs> right, 720th, well, believe it or not. 720th. Let's, let's bookmark 500, this. 588 points behind you. Let's, let's look back after round eight and we'll check One in where you're, 
where your ranking is. Now, speaking of cheapies, doesn't sound like you're carrying a lot at the moment. We had a couple of questions here. Plug in, Maddie. Any sub 500k options, either guys who haven't hit their peak or are suddenly in a favorable favorable role who are worth looking at? Um, I guess the next question probably answers that a little bit. We had Nick Turner send as well. Seems very gross, but is Barlow a legitimate option as a short-term punt with Caroline out for two weeks? I think that question might have been from last week, but it's still in there. Um, there. Yeah, new import could obviously change things, but right now he looks assured a minimum 20 minutes a game. So I guess that reflects on Barlow. He's 489k. Yep. So he is sub 500, had a 36 in one game last round. But I guess what we saw is you've, you've really got to be prepared if you're going to play that. You can't really play him. He's purely a, a bench punt that might make you some cash. But you've got to be prepared for the scores that come around that. Surrounding that 36, he had an 8 and 11. So yep. it's tough. I, I personally wouldn't want to be bringing him in unless I'm guaranteed of a price increase at least over the next couple of weeks while I've got to hold him on the bench. It's yep. all well and good that Melbourne have um, the doubles at the moment, which is great as a, as a bench player, even if he does get that 36 and an 8 or something along those lines. But no point him sitting in there wasting a trade on him if he's not going to make any cash and he's either going to be the same price or less in a, a few weeks' yep. time when you're trying to get him out. I guess I'll, the other one... I, which, no, I'll, I'm sorry, I'll add... I know you go on. Go for your next one. Go. I was just going to say, the only other one, and you can tell me if you think there's anyone else here that's um, around that bracket, but if you can kind of stretch, Bruce is one that's been thrown around in the, the Discord chat. Um, he is guaranteed to increase. He's actually coming off his two high scores for the season. Um, obviously, DeWalt's been a little quieter. Um, but coming off 40 and 28 at 565k for Sean Bruce. Um, and obviously then if you can stretch as well, the lock obviously this week is if you can bring Aquera in at 541k, coming off 37 and 26 in his two starts last week. Um, and, and importantly, United won both those games. So we're going to see the same again this week with obviously Caroline set to sit again. Yeah. Um, Aquera is the interesting one, I think, of that group there because he's had 20 plus minutes and he's had scores of 28 26 and 37 over his last three games so i'd be almost thinking him over barlow myself um if it was me making that choice um but i'd the only thing i'd add to all that and it's fine if you want to do it as a bit of a couple of weeks sort of play but I just make sure that you've got plans in place to get these guys out because you don't want to be getting into the, deeper and deeper into the season with these guys on your bench. You need to like almost be have it set up kind of like my my own team set up. I think that's my strategy. I like to play with that you can pretty much start everyone because you only get two trades around, so it's very hard to play. You know, say you've only got seven guys in your whole team you want to start. It's kind of hard to wheel and deal those guys around with how the schedule works. So, totally agree. And I guess the, the the question was sub five hundred k guys. Yeah, a couple of those. But I, I guess I guess games, but yep. yeah, and and I guess that's the answer, isn't it? The cupboard's pretty bare. I think mm -hmm. there's no one I'd be comfortable bringing in under that five hundred k range at the moment. No. Um, if you can, then I'd I'd pay that little bit more. And out of those guys, it's it's Aquera all day for me. I think he's got a safe two to three weeks of, of an increase in price. And with the doubles, he's a, you know, we've even had questions, I think, which we'll look at a little bit later of, of Kenny starting this week with United yep. being on a double. Yep, for sure. Um, next question in there, the burger. 
I like this. Has the bird from Toff as well? Has the burger hit his straps? And is it is he a possible downgrade option? Are there any other downgrades we can consider? Now I think I misread this question. I thought he was asking, should we downgrade Burger? Um, yes. yes, you can absolutely still bring him in. Um, yeah. I'll just rephrase my answer. He just went up 100K, coming off his highest score for the season with a 37. Importantly, I've already harped on it a couple of times. Round eight double, all of a sudden, Burger's looking playable on that double, isn't he, when it's just yep. the cans and, and breakers on the double in round eight. So um, absolutely, if you don't own him, um, he's looking probably one of the best cash makers, I guess, at, at, at this point over the next coming few weeks. Obviously, it was an overtime game. He did it over Sydney, um, so had a little bit extra minutes there, but he has been averaging. His minutes have just ticked up a little bit over the last sort of four or five games as well. Um, over 20-plus a game now, and he, he's sort of scoring everywhere. He had 20 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, a couple of three-pointers in there chucked in. So um, he's kind of getting it all over the place, and even the game before that, he had a couple of rebounds and a couple of assists, etc. So he's kind of getting to piece together. Look, I don't think he's going to be... I don't think he's going to be hitting 37 a game, right? Let's say, what's his average at the moment? His average in the last three is 27. I reckon he's probably going to hit around about that. Um, as the season rolls on, now his, his total average for the year is 22 at the moment. So hopefully he keeps that form up. Um, what I have noticed with his scores, I mean, I haven't watched every game he's played in, but I, I definitely monitor the scores on the website. And um, he just seems to get off to good scores early. Um, his halftime scores are always quite good. It's just whether he can kick on. And if his minutes are on the uptick, maybe we do see him sort of carry that on to the second half, and that's where we're going to see these 37s hopefully going forward. Yeah, remember they've got um, they've got a triple, or they've got two triples in the last, what, eight rounds or whatever it is, So and, and three doubles in there as well. So they've got a freely stacked schedule heading towards the end of the season, so one to keep an eye on for sure. Um, next question. Charlie Horse. Dumping, yeah, dumping your former favorite favorites. Is BMW a trade-out option with the usage of Brown now? Thanks. Now, I don't know. I didn't see the New Zealand game. What I do know I is they... The either. No, I didn't actually see that game up close. Um, I know they thumped the Jackies by 32 points, and I've looked at the scores in the box score. Um... Look, he is still scoring 40s, um, yep. both those two games last round. That, I mean, that's you look at the top scorers for the week, and there was a couple out of the blue there that we didn't expect, like Brantley. Yep. Beamer's still scoring his consistent 80s plus for the for the round, and he went up in cash, so went up another 40K. And, and again, I know I've said it a couple of times, but your round eight future self will thank you, especially with that PGSG eligibility. I think um, you want to be holding him, and if, if anything, I might be... Might be an option to have both of those guys bring in both, have yep. both Beamer and, and bring in Brown as well. And, you know, you're going to be looking in a good spot, I think, round eight when you can bring these guys on and, and get as many doubles on the court as you possibly can, especially these yep. guys that can score your 30s, 40s, which ends up being an 80 over a double. I like that a lot. Um, obviously, he had 40 and 41 in the last round. And, and he once again, putting points up everywhere. He had 13 points. Well, the first game, he had 10 points, three rebounds and seven assists. Second game, again, he, he backed that up with seven assists again, 13 points and four rebounds. So he's kind of getting hitting all the stat categories. He's getting his assists every game, getting some points in there and getting some looks. I would be keeping him. I am not dropping him at all. Um, so I am definitely firmly in the no um, basket there. 
And he just um, finds a way to save his score. I, I think I watched that first game of the round for, for the yep. Breakers, and he just finds a way, I think as Benny called it, he just junked his way to a good score in that last quarter, even when the you know the game's out of reach or whatever it may be. But, I mean, you look at his last five games, he's really only had one bad score that you wouldn't be happy with on your court. He went 77, 22, 35, 40, and 41. The only one you're going to be dissatisfied with is that 22. Yep. So I, I don't really think he's had a bad patch once you take that into account. It's pretty consistent. Yep, don't mind it. A um, couple of questions here about some dumping, some f- f- you know former favourites, favorites, let's say. Bucks. Is Source a keeper now with four doubles in the next six weeks? I'd plan to trade him for DJ, but the trade can be much better spent elsewhere. Um, and given the options at PGSG, should we dump Randall from Wolski? And also, what should we do with Randall from Ruby? So I guess we've got two questions there, don't we? One yep. on Source, one on Randall, but yep. um, all talking about some dumpings. I guess we start with Source, Alan Williams. Um, I guess if you look short-term or long-term, I mean, short-term, you look at that schedule and he's got one double in the next three weeks, yep. whereas you talk longer-term, and yes, he's got four doubles in the next six. So mm-hmm. he just, I mean, you would watch the Phoenix games a bit closer than I, no doubt. Um, but he just seems like a 30s guy now to me. I feel like yep. he's lost his ceiling. Doesn't look likely to double-double. I guess in the games I've seen more recently, he's been fine offensively. He can get yep. his buckets, but he just doesn't seem to be rebounding, particularly early in the game. I've been looking at halftime. Yep. He's only got one or two boards on the box score, and you just feel like he's just not – where's he going to get this double-double from? So um, the schedule does make him safe. So – if your trades can be used better elsewhere, I wouldn't hesitate to hold him while the schedule's good, and it's probably something that my team's going to have to do over those next few weeks while the schedule's good. But, um, yeah, if you've got that luxury trade up your sleeve, I don't think you're going to miss too much when it feels like he really is just a, a 30s guy, you know, scoring between that 30 to 40 mark if he's not in foul trouble. How have you seen um, his last few games in Phoenix with Cheese there? Yeah, I'm still sketchy because I'm still worried about when Cheese pops up and he's going to have a big game and... and and or a couple of big games, and then warrant those extra minutes. Like, he has, what's Cheese been having minutes wise? I don't think he had even over twenty the last year. He hasn't had over tw- over fifteen minutes a game yet. They still building up, you'd imagine surely. as well. Yeah. yeah, surely they bring him on more than that um, eventually. But I'm not too sure. Source has been pretty um, positive when he's been on, and he's been getting over twenty two minutes a game for the last four games, and putting up good scores. So, look, I don't mind keeping the source at the moment. I think I'm the same with you, Banksy. I think he's sort of lost his ceiling potential a little bit, and I think the number one cause of that is probably Creek coming into a bit of form. Um, over the last sort of three or four games, Creek, he's sort of averaging the six, seven, eight rebounds, nine rebounds a game. So um, he had him in the last game there. So I think he's been stealing his boards off him a little bit, and they've sort of been playing a big, much bigger team role. That's the scary thing with... Um, getting the Phoenix guys in, they kind of share everything around too much. Um, I know Cal and, and Brown, Gary Brown, went off in the last game with a 50 and a 47, although so did Rowdy Brokoff and so did Creek at over 42. So they were kind of sharing around everywhere. Previous game, you had Brokoff and Creek again with 41, but the rest of the team sort of no one more than 34. So it's kind of it's a really shared game. It's a really shared team. Um, what a mouse to feed. Wise. That's he, right. They so. got their two imports back in there alongside him. And, and as yep. you said, Creek's actually hit some form finally. Um, they're not the basket case that I called them a couple of weeks ago all of a no. sudden. and But there's just so many mouse to feed. Um, That's it. They were all with a hot this, hand. After, and, 
after this week, they've pretty much got the best schedule, one of the best schedules in the next sort of mm. five rounds after that. They've got four in the, four doubles in the next five rounds. So I wouldn't necessarily avoid them, but I think they're kind of... Um, I'm not sure they're the targets if you're looking for a weekly or a two-weekly, something like that. Um, Long-term, maybe you'd keep them because over that stretch, they're going to have quite a few decent, hopefully, scores. But, yeah, it's a bit of a one to watch. They're good for sure. I think we've got to delve a little deeper into this next question because he's 35% owned. Um, I think the the Wolski yep. question, given the options at PGSG, should we dump Randall? I think that question, to be fair, came before the news we received this afternoon yes. that he is out for at least the first game and they're keeping him in Adelaide to hopefully play that second game against Perth. Ruby's question, what shall we do with Randall? I think that's a question on a lot of coaches' lips this week as we reshuffle our trades and click that rollback button. But... Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's tough, isn't it? My, I'm an owner. Are you an owner as well? Yes, Randall. Yes, right. yes, the, I am. The, the worry for me is it's it's all about the Adelaide schedule, isn't it? So mm-hmm. let's just say we, we know for certainty he's not playing the first game. No. But if he comes out and plays that second game and he scores a 40 or 50, you've spent a trade on him out this week and you're going to want to bring him back in next week. So it kind yep. of chews up trades over two weeks for me. Um, and I think if we actually delve a little bit deeper into his scores, I know everyone was pretty upset, myself included. He scored that eight. He's eight, yep. That's going to pretty much drop out. You would imagine. We don't know the herbs and spices, but it looks like that's going to drop out of his price, and therefore his price will hopefully continue to increase from here. You take that eight away, and he's actually averaging 40 over the remainder of the games outside of that. Yep. And that's... You know, I know I'm clutching at straws with dropping that eight out, but that would be, therefore, with that game aside, averaging more than Doyle, McDowell-White, Tucker. People are bringing these guys in, and you're talking yep. about dropping Randall. More than Barry Brown, a lot of people are looking to bring him in this week. And again, he's, he's averaging more than him as well. So um, I also want to hold him because the reason I've got him and also another guy, um, McDowell-White, in my SG positions is outside of this week, um, they were, as Benny calls it, a perfect purring. They were guaranteed doubles for the rest of the season. I didn't have to touch my shooting guard position from here on out. It was either Adelaide had the double and the few, or I think there's three or four weeks in there from here to the end of the season where they don't, and New Zealand had the double. So I just had that perfect purring this week. Luckily, I can do a bit of a reshuffle where I can bench both of those guys and and still have doubles on the court. But... um, yeah, thanks, Craig, for that. But look, it's it's tough, isn't it? I think yep. even if he doesn't play that second game, it sounds like from what we've read, from what we know, from what Adelaide put out, that he would definitely back that second week because, as we know, we're going to have that break in the schedule next week. Yes. That also comes with risk, right? Because they Maybe. might choose to rest him in that rest second him. game to yep. give him that extra rest because yep. we've got that 11-day break between rounds as well. So. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. I think you've got to be prepared that if you're going to keep him, you could take a zero on your bench this week, but it's also going to save you the trades next week when you may need it for injuries or whatever. The, the Unfortunately uh, for me, once again, luck has, has it, uh, is playing a big part in mine. My benches are both on singles this week, um, so I'm not going to have to either play a single. I'm going to have to play one of my single guys on a, uh, it's, if I'm going to keep Randall. So... Um, yeah, bit of a tough one. This is the um, thing. Like I've I've sure got Randall, it. but I've also like a lot of people. They either have Dent or Murdut. I've got Junior. Um, so I just figure. I mean, like even if Randall doesn't play that second game, I'm basically stuck with two zeros there. 
So I'm going to get rid of the guy longer term that's going to be more beneficial to get out of my team and do it, get someone in that can actually play. Randall gives me a zero this week. At least I've got him ready to go next week. It's not going to interfere with locking up my trades next week as well. Yep. There's a lot of doubles for Adelaide here on out. There are a lot of doubles. It hurts me that I'm going to have to probably trade him out, to be honest, but might have to be what it has to be. Upgrades or sideways, I've called this one, Marco, Barry Brown or Gary Brown to upgrade from Dent or already have BMW and Pardon. Uh, and then Dylan G's added also Trey Kell to those two names. So the Brown Brown or the Kell. What are you thinking? I don't know. I really like Gary. He's an assist machine, yeah. obviously. He is. Um, yep. And I think he'll... It's tough, isn't it? Like, I, I, I think he'll average more than Barry. Yep. Just because of his assist game. He can just yep. feed that Phoenix team. They've got shooters everywhere now, guys that can mm-hmm. score the bucket. Yep. Um, but it also gets me, like I've said before, the importance of Barry in that round eight gets it for me in the short term. Yep. Um, I just think there's so many other guards on doubles during Sem's round seven, nine, ten yep. doubles that you can have instead where it doesn't play as an important part in your trade-in as the round eight double does for Barry. Perfect. And Cal's Cal's definitely your third choice out of there. So you're thinking Barry, Barry yeah. Brown, then Gary Brown, and then Cal. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I love I love both the Browns. I wish I had both both yeah. in my team. I have got neither as it stands, but I think yeah, yeah. Cal's definitely the third option there. Yep. Brown just has that better fantasy game. Um, yeah. Saw a bit more from him offensively, I think. Yep. But yeah, those assists get it for me. But yeah, it's just it's tough, isn't it? That I think you've got to play it on where your team stands. How many guys you already have that are gonna. Like it obviously looks like Mark's set up with BMW and Pardon there for the doubles in round eight, but you've got to be conscious of it because round eight's a, a bigger and more important round for guys on the double than others. There's only the two teams remembering. That's it. Um, the only thing I'd say was I, I really like to look at Cal um, in that last game where he had the 47 fantasy points. He had 24 points, five rebounds, four assists and a steal, and four of those shots were three-point made. So um, he was kind of hitting every stat category pretty much and he's got assists in every game his assists for the last four games have been five three three and four so um definitely getting those uh numbers across the board there so i don't mind cal as a little bit of i think i'm only one of about five owners i think um <laughs> so i couldn't even tell you how many and you're probably the first as well i would have thought um no I you had him for a couple of weeks there's only about five people or something but yeah where is he cal yeah, he has 21 owners actually now so that when i when i grabbed him there was five others so um <laughs> looks like that we've got a little bit of a crew happening so um hit me up if you're a cal owner all right just hit me up on uh what am i at body did you did you bring him in, did you bring him in for his first game oh i can't remember i think you I did him in. it was very uh, crazy yeah did i yeah. I, f- I feel you did. I feel you did brought I him, him in before he played a game. No, no, I brought him in round... And he played okay. He... I brought him in round four. Was it the second game, maybe? Yeah, All yeah. Right. So, um, now, yeah. I want to address Let's this go. next question to you because I, you're a non-owner, so I need an unbiased review of this question. So it came from Jacob Glover Goat. Can you survive without Cotton this week and focus on getting low on Madud out this week? Now, I'm assuming this question's coming from him maybe being a Cotton owner and he's trying to bank cash to obviously get one of these guys low on Madud out of his team. You're a non-owner. I am an owner, so I'm a little bit biased. What are your thoughts this week? Particularly, I guess, a little bit more context now with Randall being out. How important is Cotton this week? 
I think Cotton's very important. I think that's probably one of my biggest errors this year. I didn't have Cooks. I faded Cooks, and now I've been fading Cotton. Um, and those guys just guarantee you, just slot them in and guarantee your points. Um, and to be honest, it's not very much fun watching games where Cotton's playing and you're trying to root against him because he is an absolute jet and he is great to watch <laughs> when you're actually watching the games. Um, How good was that I mean, first I mean, game? The same of the, for, same of the for Cooks. I felt like I felt crap, but he watching all the Kings games and kind of half rooting for Cooks to have a stinker and not get double doubles. <laughs> um, but that's just the way it goes. I, I don't think you can survive. I don't think you should go without Cotton this week. I've kind of learnt my lesson in last week. Um, to be honest, um, did you watch that been... first Perth game of the of the round last week? It must have been tough. Like he, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, so, yeah. Like that was. And it was just elite, you, wasn't it? He looked so good. We didn't see as much of it in the second game. But that first game in Perth that he played, he scored the 60 points. It felt like it was an 80 or 90 fantasy point game, just watching him go about his business. Um, that was something else. We're just lucky now, to have him you, in our league. That's it. Remember I talked on our uh, group chat between you, me, and Benny, and I was going to bring someone cheap in in order to get Cotton. Do you remember who it was? I can't. I can't remember. Because it was someone cheap and they ended up getting, like, I would have been much better off than bringing Manic in, to be honest. I can't remember who it was now. It's annoying me. Um, I'm just looking, looking, looking. It's all right. It's not good. It's not good radio. So uh, I'll stop it from there. But, um, yeah, I would have been in such a better position if I'd have done that. But, look, to be honest, um, what, Cotton had a 90 for the round. I had to Sean Thomas in my squad who had, a, who had 80 for the round. So... And he's almost half the cost of cotton, so like that's a little bit of a win there. I think. Do you have to have cotton? No, but you know it's so easy to switch him in there, switch him in there, and put him in there as a captain, knowing you're going to get ninety, hundred, whatever. You know. And it's a flip of the coin. Like it, it really depends on the makeup of your team. It has to be said. Like if if your team, for example, is structured where you've got Tucker at shooting guard, you've got Travers maybe at, at small forward, then there's no issues there with putting that cotton money towards an upgrade with a longer-term fix. Um, would have no issues with playing Tucker at, at shooting guard yep. this week. Can't see cotton outscoring by a load when they play the JJs as well. Um, yep. Hopefully we see a better game from Travers. We'll talk about that later. But, um, yes. yeah, I think it depends on how your team's structured. If you are yep. talking about bringing a single on for Cotton, where on his double he's going to score a stack more, then maybe that's not the play. But if you've got a decent double in your shooting guard bench, maybe like a tackle like some people, well, then I can see that that's viable. Yep. All righty. Um, Charlie Horace with a 36's great schedule and not one of the studs looking studdish. Love that word. At all yet. If you had to bring one in, which would it be irrelevant of position or price? Also, is the burger still an option? We've talked about the burger already, so I won't even talk about that. Banksy, what do you got for us with the Adelaide guys? I love this question that he's gone irrelevant or of price or position. Of price and position, yep. Makes it a little easy with the answer, I feel. But um, I, I think when you look at this question, we've got to look at the guys that have the proven track record, really. Um, Frank's in Cleveland, so... We've got to remember Frank's averaged just shy of 49 points a game last season. He was almost a 50-point guy. Last season, though, mate. Last season. He's only five or six games into this season, so it's not that <laughs> long ago for Frank's, remember. Yeah. Um, and, and Adelaide is still gelling. This is a completely new squad, all right? So Frank's didn't play with any of these guys last season, and the same goes for some of these other guys. Cleveland was just shy of 44 last season. Now, these guys don't forget how to basketball, right? 
They don't forget how to fantasy. I think out of those two, they're definitely the two with the proven track record. They both know how to fantasy. Franks is the better double-double play for mine. You have to remember this guy had, I know it was last season, Bordy, 15 scores of 50-plus. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a canful. That's 15 scores of 50-plus last season. Cleveland had the nine. Cleveland was more that, you know, that consistent 40 guy, 40s guy last yep. season. And I think that's, again, what we're going to see this season because we know he hits all the stat categories and he's that defensive specialist where he gets those steals, those blocks, those sorts of things. He's not really that double-double guy, although arguably he's improved his offensive game this season. But, um, yeah, I think... That four from Franks is surely going to scare people off. It doesn't look pretty, but um, he has. Look, if you look at the glass half full so far, he has had two games with nine boards. He hasn't been that far off having a couple of double-doubles. Yep. Even though they're still gelling, even though Adelaide have not played to the elite level that we expected, we haven't seen them play in that same vein where they beat the Phoenix. Um, but I I still think the, the double-doubles are going to come for Franks. They have to come, and... I think um, the only thing for mine is that these guys are still going to lose cash. Frank's lost another 100K last week, and now that falls in his system or his cycle, he's going to lose more cash as well. So it's that um, cash versus points argument, isn't it? If you're looking at bringing these Adelaide guys in because they've got an amazing schedule, are you prepared to pay up for, for Frank's, or can you put it off a couple of weeks, wait till their next single in a couple of weeks, and then maybe bring him in 200K cheaper? Yeah, it's a tough one, definitely. Um, but I think out of the Adelaide guys, I mean, what are your thoughts? Is there anyone else? Is there a Macca? Is there a DJ? Yeah, is there anyone else? Macca. I think they're, they're the two fantasy guys at Adelaide outside well, of it. obviously Randall, aren't they? Macca's game high so far is a 34 and he's 1.16 mil. So you're not going to take him. He's been disappointing. Um, the assist DJ's had a 48 there. at least, but he's also had a seven. So he's, you know, he's kind of up and down. That's really, it's really tough. Whereas, you know, seasons past, he was, although he's had, to be honest, DJ's not too bad. He's had five games that he's had and he's had three games over 40. So that's pretty good. Um, but unfortunately, these games where he doesn't hit 40, he's had a 12 and he's had a seven. So it's hard, it's hard not to feel you know? he has, he's overachieved though, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, in the, he's overachieved in the game, but he's also overachieved in his fantasy scores. scores I think if, yep. if Franks and Cleveland find their groove and be these elite guys, that we're expecting, paid well, be, I, yep. I, but, yep. but I think that's where DJ is going to lose. As soon as these guys start performing, then maybe DJ is the one to lose out with his fantasy scores there. So it's a tough one. I know a few people are looking at DJ. It's just not a guy that I can comfortably bring into my team. Yep, I'd more want to be going for these bigger guys that I know are going to have the ceiling and surely, surely come good. Feeling you. All right, Watto, can you continue to ignore RXM, which is, as of course, XRM, Xavier Rathen? It has been requested that we refer to him as RXM oh, sorry. for okay. the remainder of the season. I didn't realise that because that's what they were calling him on the telecast if anyone was watching the game live the other night. Um, or is he an absolute must-have? Um, and off the back of that, is if he is a must-have, it will mean Madut or King have to stay. Pick one. <sighs> That's tough, Watto. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Um, um, yeah. King. Is he must minutes. Let's address Rathen. Let's address. Let's break it down. Rathen Mays is RXM. Um, he's now 1.41 million, and I guess the question of if he's, he's must he's, well, he's going to be 1.5 million next week. Next and, week, you'd think, if he has a good round this round. But remember, Illy's going to be back for both games. 
Um, and I think he's going to get more and more minutes each game. And does that mean he slides back a little bit? That's the red flag here. It's been the red flag all year, and it hasn't come to fruition. But I think it comes to fruition now. Um, I think it will happen. Um, so I am... Yeah, I'm still a big no for XRM or RXM, however you want to call him. Um, to me, just got, a bit too much. I've got one for you. So, I, yeah, I agree. It's a small sample size, right? Um, Illy played the fairly imposed 12 minutes. Um, XRM, RXM, still played 34 minutes, I think it was. I don't have it in front of me. I think he played 34 minutes. He still had a team high, team high in minutes. Um, but look, it's hard to ignore his ceiling. He's, he's arguably got as good a ceiling as any player in the fantasy game this season so far. He's had scores of 81, 76, 68. Those, those ceiling games seem to be coming more consistent. It's something we didn't see from him last season in his role off the bench. But something that isn't maybe being discussed, I know a couple of maybe highlighted on the Discord chat, is since Melbourne are missing Caroline, they've been playing a bit smaller, is... Rathamaze hasn't been scared to chase these boards. I've been noticing he's been on the defensive end, sort of hiding in the corner and just chipping in and getting these easy round rebounds, almost like um, Westbrook did in past seasons, if you like. So the last three games, he's had nine rebounds, seven rebounds, and ten rebounds. He's putting up rebounds like a big man. Um, and that's how he got his double-double last week for the 81. So... I think that's some. It's got to be a thing, doesn't it? I mean, you can't have those rebound numbers over three games now while they've been playing small without it to continue on. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think, and it's been a directive. I think because I think Tucker's been the same. Um, so Tucker's also had over ten rebounds in three of his last four games, and even that last game he had eight rebounds against Perth. So I think he's been kind of told the same thing, um, especially with maybe their performances haven't been as good as expected possibly. Um, I'm talking more Tucker more than RXM, XRM. Um, he's been obviously been told to bust, it, bust his ass and get on the boards, I reckon, um, Tucker. And maybe maybe XRM, RXM is doing the same thing off his own fruition just because he knows that Illy's back and he needs to... Uh, be fighting for those minutes who knows but yeah i don't know there's just something there's just something not quite there for me it's a, a bit of a red flag for me and especially at the price now 1.4 that's getting around the almost the cotton type pay and i'd um, pay price and um i think i'd almost go with cotton if i had a choice between those two at the moment um even if it meant trading cotton out next week when he's back to a couple of singles now, right. I think I feel like just we're going to touch on it first before okay. we, we finish it off. But um, I, I feel like we were having this conversation about him last week and we're worried that his shots declined so much in that last game for United in round four. But then he come out yeah, and he, he, he was, we've got to remember United won both of these games, right? Yep. And he was the offensive spark. He had 32 points and 25 points. So I just think he's he's playing team high minutes. I know Ellie only had the twelve or thirteen minutes last game. It's a small sample size, but I still think that Melbourne still see Rath and Mays as the leader there at that club at the moment. And I think he's the offensive spark and I think he's gonna continue to be, whereas Ellie I think is more gonna be that defensive minded guard and if anything it might even free um Rath and Mays up a little bit to continue his uh offensive assault, you if you like. You got the red flag from red flag from 
Boydy, who's terrible and everything I turn touches to. But I'm biased. Them, I've, I've been, I've been an owner got, for three or four weeks. Oh, that's but. it. Or you've got Banksy, who's sit, currently second, <laughs> second overall. Uh, who you decide now, which we will. Maybe it was wishful thinking. Tof, uh, t- two trade in targets. Two trade in targets. Is it too late for Brant Lee? I think you're going to say yes. You're going to do that thing where you you don't want anyone uh, to look, own him. I have him, so that's way a too big late. red flag, isn't it? The kiss of death. The kiss of death's already on him and has been on him until I put him on the bench last week, and then he does it gets 108. And Benny, so not here, but Benny played, played Brantley. Oh, I don't know so where that crazy. came from. He must have the DeLorean. I don't know, but um, I think Benny knew that I was benching him, so he knew that it would come off. Playing the, uh, I th- I the old him, if, was, if, I, if I remember correctly, last pod last week he was pleading with you to bring <laughs> he me, did. Bradley in and captain he him. He did, and he was almost going to be my upgrade for Madut too, but it would have meant no cotton. So I Hello. can't argue. Five um, percent ownership still. Yep. I mean, you and Benny are two of those yep. out of the five percent ownership. There yep. went up the hundred k. He's under his starting price again. Important round eight double. Coming off two of his three highest scores for the season, um, and we've finally seen a ceiling as well, haven't we? So, yep. no, it's not too late unless you had a DeLorean last week. It's it's It would have been perfect timing last week, but we had to see that. Uh, I had to see that before trading him in. Um, he's definitely one in contention to be joining my team this week. Only problem is he's on a single this week, so you're bringing him in for a single. So it's really if you've got an upgrade, you want a bench, you need to put him on the bench for a little while. That's the way it goes. And I guess the Drop reason target. I'm looking at him this week, sorry, okay. Buddy, is um, he went up 100k last week. He's going up another 100k this week. So if I wait a week just because he's going to be a single on my bench, I'm paying another 100k up next week to bring him in closer to um, or when he starts his, his three doubles back-to-back. So... That's the only reason I'm going to be bringing him this week is I've got doubles coverage across my court already Twice. on the court and I want to get him 100k cheaper the next week. Beautiful. Um, drop targets from Lato's Legend. Who would you trade out of your team out of Brown, Brown and BMW? Need to get one out, so bring someone in on a double. Is Illy someone we can consider as a starting option? Oof. That's tough. I feel like... I probably wouldn't so be dropping questions those about, guys, to be honest. I'm, anyway. I'm actually a little bit surprised about the McDowell-White questions. I'm not trade dro- out. Yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not dropping Beamer. No, no, I don't think you can with that round out. I don't think you'd corner. be dropping Brown either, as in Barry Brown, mm. um, because of the schedule. Gary Brown is maybe one, but he's running hot. He's gotten good scores. He's going up in price. I don't think you can drop him either. I'd be interested to know if Lato has Randall, although the question was from today, maybe yesterday. Because um, I'm thinking if you need to drop one, Randall might be your guy if you want to bring someone in this week. It's obviously because those guys are all on singles this week, so he's got to drop one. I, I guess, guess we could answer the question. Like, ideally, yep. you wouldn't drop any of those three because no. I think they're all important in their own ways of either increasing in price or having that round eight double. But yep. for mine, it would be the Phoenix Brown that I would be dropping looking again i know they've got a schedule. good schedule but short term it's only one double in the next yep. three and the yep. doubles over the next few rounds are not as important as the new Zealand guys yep that's it i agree and you can always get him back in later if you want to although albeit it might be at a more expensive price all right we're getting close to the uh, hour mark here banksy so we might try and burn through these a little while um, let's go for C options. So there's a little bit of chit-chat. We had three or four questions in regards to centres. So Brad Macar came up with top five 
PF or C options for round six to nine, and it's based on the schedules with Adelaide having seven games, Melbourne with seven, NZ with seven, Perth with six, Sam with six, uh, looking to move Wardenburg and or low. Obviously, if you're talking to those teams, you've got Source, you've got Franks, you've got Creek, you've got DJ, you've got Brantley, you've got Manic, you've got Thomas. Oh, this question goes forever. Pardon, <laughs> Humph, Travers. So he's uh, saying he's already got locked locks, in, pardon, yep. okay. Humph, Travers. Humph and Travers, yep, which I've got all those guys locked in, so that's fine. So it's the other options he's really talking about. What do you like there? Um, he talks about Brantley. Is he one out of those yeah, it's, with the it's, schedule? It's points versus value, isn't it? I think out of, out of those guys he's mentioned... I wouldn't be bringing Source in if I didn't own him, to be honest. Yep, to be fair, me. I mean, he just yep. doesn't have that ceiling. Franks, if you're happy to pay up a little bit extra than what he's going to be in a couple of weeks, then I, I think he's going to come good. I think also something we haven't touched on, Franks is probably going to have, at least in this first game, I think he's going to have more opportunity offensively with Randall out of that squad. Um, yes, Maybe I we agree. see, and, and they're playing Illawarra in that first game. I, I would not be surprised at all. I think it would be odds on for Franks to actually get a double-double in that game and Maybe yep, score his nice. 15 or 20 points. So Frank's points-wise would be my pick out of those guys. Yes, Creek's been performing, but I just think there's a lot of mouse at Phoenix. Um, I don't know if you can do it every game. DJ, I'm scared of. Brantley is the value pick of those guys. Single this round, though, but yep. Um, but again, it depends on your team. But um, the other one, and someone you brought Hang in on. last week. Wait, let's well, let's read Marco's question first on this one. All right, all right. So Manic's definitely a no after his last round. You've got to get rid of him. He's shot. His confidence is shot. I took a bit of a punt, and it's burnt me badly, so do not even mention him. Um, Brad Macker also come with uh, is Aquera. Add Aquera to that list. And I think Aquera has to, if you want a bit of a cheapie, if, you, you know, if, you get, if you're going to bring in Aquera because it means you can play bring in cotton something like that this round then i think maybe you'd even think about that um the other question was from marco in regards to these guys thoughts on source to thomas as in tayshawn thomas from perth will bench pardon so can swap that next week thomas looked better this round he had an 80 over two that's correct and only went up 25k so he is cheap that's right. He only went up because he also had, in previous rounds of that, he had... Uh, 11 and a 6. Two. 11 yeah, 11 and a 6. six. That's right. In the in the round previous. Injury imposed. Yes, that's right. Um, and the one word of warning I would say here is that I have him. I brought him in last round because I felt that he owed me after I brought him in that first round or the second round when he only had the... Um, he got injured in the first couple of minutes. He had a 2 or something like that. That's when he had the six, sorry. I brought him in after round one, and he had the six. Um, so, yuck. Um, but in saying that, his other games around those injured games have all been 40-plus, and I do like him. Um, I think he's kind of active on the boards. Um, I think he's a good... Uh, he plays a good, you know, um, a pick-and-roll type situation. Um, don't mind him at all, um, and I'm keeping him for probably long-term, I'd say, because I got him fairly cheap. I think he's so on his fantasy scorecard. He's played five games. Yep. You take the second game out because that was a six. Yep. He was injured in the first two minutes, as you know too well. And yep. then his first game back was against Tassie, where he played limited yep. minutes for an eleven. 18. So yep. if you take those two injury-imposed games out, he's actually scored forty-one, forty, and forty. And what I was impressed in looking at the two Perth games this week, I watched both, was he just he scores across 
the box score. He didn't actually have any steals or blocks. So I feel it's like there's a bit more to come. But in both, you know, the three games where he's actually played his full extent of minutes, he's had six assists, five assists, and five assists. So he's a good Good distributor. Um, Yep. yep, Passing it out. Six and seven boards this week. Yep. Yep, he's just he gets it done. He could be that thirty-five to forty point per game fantasy player if he gets a clean run under. Now the injuries are out the way, and you're getting him at a hundred k discount. Not sure he is a double double threat with those boards. No. He is active, but he's not. You know, he's not a. He's not um, mad for him, so to speak. Um, he he more you know a lot of the times, especially against uh, I think it was the Melbourne game, he was kind of just trying to box out his man and let someone else kind of grab the boards. Yep. Um, a few times. Um, and I think even maybe his boards were heightened in that game as well against Melbourne because I think there was a time there on offensive. I think he had like two offensive boards in a row and then missed the tip-in on the second one. So he got the offensive board for a tip-in, missed it, offensive board for a tip-in, missed that again, and but got fouled on the next one when he put up. So um, maybe a little bit of inflated score in that uh, last game. But I do like him, um, and he's still around 900k, so I think he's fairly cheap if he's going to be averaging 35-ish plus sort of thing, hopefully. So keep him in there. So I guess if we're we're answering Brad's question, Brad Macker's question, um, if you're talking about points out of those guys, it's, you know, if I consider the the remainder of the season, it's Franks. Um, If we're considering value, um, I think there's three guys there of value, and if I'm to order them value and schedule, for me it would be Brantley, Aquera, particularly in the short term, until they find a replacement, and then Thomas. But it's yep. it, there's two, there's three decent value guys there. I think if um, Perth had a better schedule, Thomas would be a bit higher up the list. Yeah, I agree with that. I completely agree. I think you're spot on there, Banksy. Moving on to wrap it up, we'll go with the start sits for the week, and I think there was only three in there if I uh, if I get that correctly. So we'll start off, and a couple of them got sort of different, same sort of flavour, I guess. Bradis and Buck. So we have Bradis asking Aquera or Pardon. So Aquera on the double, Pardon on the single. We've got to look at matchups here. So let me just bring up the matchup. Um, New Zealand plays Sydney. That could be tough, but it is in Breakers territory. Uh, Melbourne play Cairns, and they play the Phoenix. Oh, it's tough. I mean, we've only had that small sample size of Aquera two yep. games as a starter. Yep. Um, but then we've seen Pardon ceiling now as well. I think I'd go Aquera. Um, I know Pardon had the 58 last game, but I guess outside the of that, against the trend too, which is interesting. But yeah, anyway. yeah, I, I, yeah. But look, outside of that 58 last game, Most 24 the around 30. Yeah, yeah, their 20s and 30s, aren't they? There's nothing. There's only really two yeah, the ceiling games there. One. Yep. Yep. I'd be going Aquera too. You play, play the numbers. Always play the doubles um, if you can, if it makes sense. I mean, Aquarius averaged, what would you have for the last round? You had average 30-ish, 31-ish. So I think, you know, say let's say if you get 50 or 60 out of him, it's going to take a fair game from Pardon to get 50 or 60 again. So I would go with that one. The other start sit we've got is Pinder or Aquera from Bucks. Pinder plays. They got United. Um, oh. I th- didn't Pinder, Pinder's played them already and we know we know that United leak points to bigs they allowed him to he had a 26 point 10 rebound outing for 70 fantasy points a couple of rounds ago um, that was, I'm going to go against my, my, my last answer to the last question I'm going to say Pinder are you scared in any way that Pinder yes. has not 28 he's yes. coming off a 28 and a 32 have yes, they worked I have am. they worked have teams figured out a way to defend Pinder in the paint don't know Melbourne haven't 
You would, well, you would hope that Melbourne do not let him go and put up another 26-10 and 10 game. You would hope not. Surely, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, as a Melbourne United supporter, they've figured something out there. But, yeah, I mean, that's a tough one, isn't it? Bearing in mind, it? when United played Hawks in the last round, they had Deng Deng had a 51 and Sam Froling had a 73. So I don't think that Melbourne have worked out how to guard their bigs yet. I'd be going Pinder. Risky, yeah, bisky, th- but let's go Pinder. Yeah, I think Pinder's safer there. And if you've got that amount of cash just sitting on your, on your bench, it doesn't look right. So if you pay that up for Pinder, I'd be happy to play him. Next one was for Marco. Starts it. He's got a, a three-way pick here. Yeah. Um, McDowell, I was Yeah, well, it is. So we'll just rule out Randall because he had him in there. So it's really McDowell-White. Oh, is this two here? It says Browns with an S. So Yep, two Browns. Two Browns. Jeez. Oh, um, again, let's refer. So we're going to look at Phoenix and New Zealand's matchup. So New Zealand have Sydney. That could be tough. Sydney are pretty elite. And so the Phoenix. The throwdown against Melbourne. Yeah, the throwdown. I don't know. That could be maybe a bit of a score fest as well. I don't know. I think I'd probably go the Phoenix Brown version. You'd go Phoenix Brown version. I think so. With Illy back and everything, no, I'd be going BMW. I don't think Illy's going to go. Do you really see Illy guarding him there? Maybe, he usually plays maybe him the not. best defensive threat, yeah, and he does Cal. He's more of a, a distributor. Yeah, I don't know. I'd go BMW. I'm going BMW out of those three guys. It's tough. Um, but that's about it, mate. Thank you. I don't know uh, if we've actually helped with any of these questions. We'll probably throw more no, more questions more questions out than answers. We might um. Who knows what we'll do for the next round. We might just have a week off and then uh, go with the pod um, the night or two before the next round starts on the, what is it, Thursday, the something like the 14th of whatever it's it is. Only, it's only a week Thursday, and a half yeah. in between, so it's not a, it's not a full two weeks. Yeah. No, it's 11 days. Um, so until next time, always, we are at people underscore blokes on Twitter. We are Basketball Blokes on Facebook or www.basketballblokes.com, though your MBL fantasy information.